sometimes it's hard to see what is what you're dealing with in your mind and your mind game versus what you're dealing with in the actual game in, in reality. And a lot of coaches coach on like visualization and meditation, but there's a pitfall in that. Sometimes you do so much visualization and meditation, you're actually relating to that and not actually relating to reality and what's happening in the game. Today, I have the privilege of interviewing Dr. Laurel Mines. She is a physical therapist, works in physical performance training, and is a sports mindset coach. She works primarily with athletes, and she works with people of all ages. Dr. Laurel talks about developing a champion mindset, and it's amazing and very interesting how she relates athletics to life. So you do not want to miss this episode. Let's go ahead and dive in to find out how you can change your mindset to become a champion mindset and apply that every single day. Welcome to the Coach Up Podcast. I am super excited um, to have Dr. Laurel here with me today. Dr. Laurel, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are, what you do. Um, But the thing that I'm really excited about is that you work with or from a place of the athletic background because as a former athlete myself, I always think it's fun to talk with people in the athletic industry um, or that background. And so I will not take any more. Dr. Laurel, please tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, thanks, Kanisha. I'm so happy to be here today um, with you and everyone who's listening. Um, I'm Dr. Laurel Mines. I'm a physical therapist and a sports mindset coach. And um, I primarily see athletes as my clients. I see athletes as young as pretty much 10 years old. And then I see middle school, high school, college, professional, um, endurance athletes. And then I also see what I call the forever athletes. So older people that just love doing their sports. I like to train just both on the physical and the mental side and really consider the whole ecosystem of my clients because the mental side of it is just as important, if not more important in training the physical side. And then the last thing I wanted to share is there's so much that we can take from a sports mindset or what I call a champion mindset that we can take into our lives, into our businesses. Okay, so I'm going to jump right in really quickly. What's the difference between a sports mindset and a champion mindset? Yeah, so it's one and the same, basically. Like the sports mindset training that I do is training someone to have a champion mindset. In the world of sports, champions, they go out to compete. You know, they're they're like Babe Ruth. They go for the home runs. Like champions go for first place. They're not they're not out there going for second or third place or the worst place, which is the fourth place, just one step off the podium. (laughs) For sure. Okay. So definitely that winner mindset. Okay. And so how long have you had your business? Um, about a year and a half. Okay. And so I'm always curious. I've had the blessing of talking to your, I think you're about the third coach who within two years, has managed to hit that illustrious six-figure point that so many people strive to. Uh, how did you do that so quickly? Yeah, so I was making 
you know, just over six figures when I was working for someone else. And I actually decided that I wasn't going to change my lifestyle from there. Like I was going to live the same lifestyle growing my business as I, I was working. And I wasn't going to um, cut down on, on too much to grow my business. So as far as a mindset go, I, I started with a mindset like this is my minimum. And then there's only like a mat, you know, there, there's only going up from there if this is your minimum. So I was actually surprised that, you know, my first year in business, I actually did hit a six figure mark. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the key to success, I think for me was just persistence, just staying in it and waking up every day as a new day. Like what I did or didn't do yesterday, especially what I didn't do yesterday has nothing to do with what I can accomplish today. So say I wanted to reach out to this many coaches and do this stuff. And, you know, I, I didn't do it. And then I woke up the next day and I'm like, just because I didn't do it doesn't mean that I can't do it today. And it just separating that um, kind of like in sports, like if you didn't make the basket, you're not just going to give up, right? You're going to keep trying. And just because you didn't make the basket of basketball yesterday doesn't mean you can't make it today. Yeah, that's really good because so often people will, myself included, will carry over, oh, I just didn't. So I, I'm going to give up on the week. I'll start again on Monday. And it's, yeah. it's, and it's Tuesday, right? Yeah. I didn't do it on Monday. Now it's Tuesday. I'm just going to start over next Monday. And you were wasting very precious time um, or even in the same day doing that. So I really appreciate that um, that mindset of doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Today, I can do what I'm supposed to do. What was, um, you know, quitting your full-time job? Well, we will definitely come back to that. And then deciding to go all out and go after your dream of coaching. What was a typical day for you like when you were in the first stages of your business? Yeah, it was interesting. So um, I kind of had one foot in, one foot out for a little while. And then my job just wasn't working for me. Um, I, I felt like I was being called to do bigger things. And there were things that weren't working. And I got to a point that it's like, I can't keep doing something that's not working. So uh, when I when I came out of my business or when I came out of my job full time in my business, I actually had some time of like recovery. I didn't just dive right in. I actually put myself first and, you know, the, the transition. And there were days that it was really unfamiliar. Like I like I was sleeping later and I'm like, oh my God, I think I should get up early. And then I was like walking my dog in the middle of the day. And it's like, I shouldn't be doing this. I should be doing more. There's all these, all these things I should be doing. And, you know, it was just like a transition of like, I was used to getting up early, working long days, coming home and just, you know, the rat race. And then I'm finally decided I chose for myself to step out of that and step into more of my passion. And it, it was a transition. And the thing is, like, when I was working for someone, someone else was like creating what my day and structure look like. And then when I stepped out of that, I realized that I am the creator for my life, and for my business. And 
it, it's better to build your your day on a clean slate than all of the shoulds and should not. So there was a transition that I needed to get out of all these things I should be doing or should not be doing. And it took a couple months, I would say um, two or three months that I was transitioning. So things were probably all over the place at first until I came more consistent in like the structure of my day now, which is the structure of my day now is actually not anything that I thought it would be back then. I thought it would be very similar and it's very different. And yeah, I did not expect that. What's your structure now? Yeah. So I actually don't get up super early, um, but I do get up and um, I either walk my dog or take him for a jog and I work out, you know, my self-care, eat, get ready for the day. And then I really start, you know, admin stuff for my business, um, like 11 to 1 p.m. And then I actually see clients um, like 1 to like 8 p.m. Because I deal with a lot of like high school athletes and kids in school. So those after school hours are really crucial for that population. And so, yeah, I never thought I was going to be working into the evening, right? And then have this morning, but I, I find that it works for me. So, you know, I would just say like, like try different things out and, you know, you got to get out of the shoulds. Like you don't have to get up early. You don't have to stop work at a certain time. And when you try different things, you might find something that actually works even better for you. And this schedule works really nice for work-life balance and the clients that I'm seeing. It's amazing because so often we hear design your life, but we also very often don't truly believe that it can be done. So to hear that after giving yourself time to acclimate, whether intentionally or unintentionally, you're working through that discord of I should be doing this or I shouldn't, and then starting to figure out a routine and now having one that works for you really speaks to the fact that yes, you can actually have in your mind, sort of like your decision, I'm not going to change my lifestyle. I'm leaving a six-figure job. I'm going to, my business will support me at six figures and I, I, there's no limit to that. The same decision of my life, I'm going to design it. There is a way that I want my business to go that works around the lifestyle I want and you're enjoying it. And so kudos to you for that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm curious as you were in flux of figuring out um, your business, taking that time off, but then also in that building stage, right? Like I think people will hear, okay, you might've quit this job and you might've made that decision that you were going to stay at the same pay level mm -hmm. or rise above in your business. But there had to be a point or a few points in there where you were in the building phase to get there. And so how did you find clients in the early days or what were, what were the activities that you were doing to go after your clientele? to start building your business in the early days? Yeah, so I think the most important thing is just leveraging your own network. Like just sharing who you are and what you're up to in the world with the people that you already know. Like no one, like, so as an entrepreneur, someone out there trying to make an impact in the world, especially for young people, I don't get to make that impact if no one knows who I am or what I'm doing. So, and it, and it comes first with your own circle. So I had to go tell 
you know, my, my friends, my family, my circle, my existing network, who I am and what I'm out in the world doing now. And it takes courage. It really does. It takes courage to go out there and share what you're up to. So that's like the first step. And then the next step is how do you leverage your network's network? So who does your network know that they can connect you with? And so going out there and asking them, hey, who can you connect me with to help support me in my business? And, you know, that's very powerful to leverage their network as well. Um, it is also important to be very specific on your ideal client who you're out there helping because it's like, oh, I just help people in the sports industry. Like it doesn't really ping your brain like a specific client. And when you um, are very specific in what you're asking the network to do, it, it helps you to get your specific client closer to you. Um, because it actually activates this part of your brain. It's called the reticular activating system. So it, it's basically saying where attention goes, energy flows. So where your attention is in your business, and then you go share it with someone else, you're act activating their reticular activating system in their brain. And then our brains are a goal achieving machine. So we're out there trying to achieve these goals. So when I say, hey, um, Kanisha, like I'm looking for parents of student athletes. Then it's going to activate your reticular activating system in your brain. And then when you're out in the world, your attention is going to start to go to parents of student athletes. And when you find one, then you're going to think about me and you're going to be like, oh, my God, that's a great connection to make. So, you know, being specific, sharing yourself is actually working with your brain to achieve the goals that you want to make in your business by leveraging your community. Very interesting. <laughs> Say the word again. Reticular. The reticular, reticular activating system. RAS? Is that? Is yeah. That, okay. I don't know. I You may have said this, like the acronym when we talked the first mm -hmm. time. That's why I remember I've heard it before, but thank you for saying what it stands for multiple times so that I can start to remember it. But that's really cool that our brains are goal achieving machines. And so once we hear something, it's working to then achieve that goal. That's that's really cool. And so it's, it, like you said, it's brave that you not only share what you're doing, but you also ask people to find, refer or to find mm -hmm. people for you. Yeah. So did you have a network Coming, did you already have like an athletic connection um, that then you were had a network of people who were sort of in that space or were you just sort of pulling from the grass weeds um, to start? Yeah, so luckily I'm, you know, I've been a physical therapist for 12 years now. So I was still doing physical therapy, right? And then I was just adding on to that the sports mindset, the mental performance coaching. So I didn't have to continue completely redefine myself. Like some people do have to, and it, there's nothing wrong with redefining yourself, but there might be a little bit more resistance that you're up against, which is fine. Mm -hmm. So luckily I, I could leverage some people in my network. 
um, because they already knew me as who I was. Where I did bump up against resistance is my community knows me through this other organization. So I had to redefine myself as my own entity outside of this organization in my own network. So I, I did have to share with, you know, other physical therapists, doctors, clients, all of that stuff. Like, hey, I'm no longer with this organization and I'm redefining myself as myself in in my own business. And that also is a great point. So thank you for bringing that up. How do people do that? Because how do people do it? How did you do it? And how is it necessary to do? Um, like in your case, you were you're in this sim similar industry. Not a hundred percent. Is a physical therapist is a little different from a sports mindset coach, and and a, um, but you still had to separate yourself for the company purposes. But there are people who um, are coming from you know, either same industry or they're going into something completely different and have to completely almost rebrand themselves. How, how would you tell them that they need to do that? Yeah. Um, so we, like I, like we've talked about today already that we are creators of our life. So we have the access to create that. Right. And it's only a matter of creation. And I'm going to give you a sports example because it's a great example for what you're talking about. Like um, someone's not going to like, you're not going to come out and say, Hey, I want to win the world series tomorrow. And then, you know, go out and win the world series tomorrow. It just, it doesn't happen. You know, like you have this thought like, Hey, I want to win the world series one day. And then there is all this stuff you have to do in between where you are right now and winning the world series. Right. Okay. And it's going to take training and making a team and practicing and playing games and, you know, going to college and minor leagues and like, there's all this stuff. Right. So it starts with this thought, you know, this is what I want to be. And then where you can actually leverage yourself is say, like, come up with, create like who you want to be. And then when you actually go out and share it with the world, each time you share it, each time you speak it, you're speaking it into existence. And there might be some resistance when you start to speak it into existence, but then all of a sudden that, that resistance is going to start to whittle away and then you're not going to have it and then people are just going to relate to you you know as who you are so you know since we're you know in this coaching um, conversation like if you're a new coach and you're like hey I want to be a health coach just you know make that commitment hey I want to be a health coach and you know, you just got to do what you need to do to become that. But you go out and you start telling people, hey, I'm a health coach. I'm a health coach. I'm a health coach. Eventually, people are just going to believe you because you created it and you said it and you spoke it into existence. And then you just do the training. You get out on the court and play the games that you need to play in your business or in your life. Like maybe there is some training, but you just go, hey, you know, I'm, I'm training to be a health coach. I'm going to be a health coach. It's going to happen. And like, you just have the ability to create it. And when you share it, it gives it more power. And then when you do the things that you need to do, the action between you and the commitment that you made to who you're being in life. That analogy is so cool because you're right. I know there are 
people who have said, I'm going to win a World Series. I'm sure if we ask any of those baseball players who have somewhere between the age of six and 12 or something, mm-hmm. they made that statement. And but like you said, it was years. It was practice. It was failure. It was swinging and missing mm-hmm. the ball. It was practice upon more practice. It was play a game, have to adjust, have to review, have to make adjustments all of that. And we so often forget that is the case in business because we want it mm-hmm. to happen tomorrow. But your that analogy really makes it okay to extend and to know that the time that it's going to take in order to achieve a goal is expected and it's okay. It does not have to be mm-hmm. done tomorrow for the highlight reel for the social media platform. Not necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, it's funny. I was just reading this morning um, in Hebrews in the Bible, and um, it was talking about patience is basically our perfecter. And um, it just really, it really struck me like the Lord really brought it home to me because patience requires waiting and waiting mm-hmm. time. So they go hand in hand. And so but yeah. in in that time that has to pass when we are in the waiting and waiting is not waiting and doing nothing. It is active waiting. So you're pursuing holiness in the Bible or you're pursuing, in this case, you're pursuing whatever your dream is or your education that you need in order to be better. Then in that time, as that time is passing and you're actually actively seeking, doing, speaking Mm -hmm. what you want to be, then the time will manifest. Patience is occurring and there will be perfection. We're never perfect in anything, but you will, Mm -hmm. you will come to that reality. And so it's just, um, I love how the Lord does stuff like that. Just read. Can I add something? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So if we back up to the very beginning of that big book, yeah, there is so much power at the beginning of the Bible. When God created light, he said, let there, he, God said, let there be light. And then the earth and everything he created, he created things because he said he created them. He created things only through his word. And we have that power too. Like we get to create our, create our life and it's through our word that we create our life. And, you know, tying the Bible into this creation, that's what I was talking about before. Like you decide and then you create it with your words and you create your life through your words. Yeah, the as you said, the Bible says that there is life and death in the power of the tongue. Um, mm-hmm. I forget the scripture that talks about God speaks things into existence. Um, you know, we we have He gives us power in our words. Mm-hmm. He's the only He's the only Creator. He created everything. Mm-hmm. We get to make from what He has created, um, but He gives us that power and dom- dominion on earth to do so. Right. So He gave Adam yeah. dominion on earth, and so mm-hmm. we dominion um on earth and so we're able <clears throat> when we speak we are truly as the bible says well, when two speak together i am misquoting this mm-hmm. verse but some it shall be established right and so yeah we, we by faith we are able to um uh how do i say it it is by faith what anything that we do whether it's um mm-hmm. whether it's gods or it's it's the devils whichever one um because all of it is by faith is by believing but when we are children of the lord then he gives us that power that there is life or that is death so we can we can that's why i'm always careful with 
Um, and I always tell people like, I don't claim stuff. Like if you're sick, I don't claim that I'm sick. If something's, if I'm, if something is attacking my body, you're attacking my body, but I don't claim illness because I don't speak that, that into my life. I don't speak that over myself. Um, yeah. And so, you know, knowing that we, those of us who, who love the Lord and, and love Jesus serve the creator of all things, um, know that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are able to um, to say in the earth realm what is already in heaven. And by faith, it will move from heaven unto earth. And so thank you for, um, yeah, being willing to have that conversation. Yeah, here. Yeah, that, it's not it's not always a popular conversation. Yeah, for sure. But it is reality. So it's, yeah, it, and it's powerful. Yeah, yeah. So Dr. Laurel, all right. I want to now dig a little deeper into... Mm -hmm how you came to even like decide you wanted to work with athletics or athletes. Um, mm -hmm. And I am curious if how you do it remotely or if you do it remotely, uh, that's, uh, when you were talking that came up, um, but we'll come back to that. But like what propelled you into physical therapy in the first place and, and then on to wanting to do your own business? Yeah, so I'll start with um, an experience that I had when I was younger. I was a competitive athlete. I played varsity tennis in high school, and I was on a competitive cheer team where we went on to win a national championship in competitive cheerleading. And I had this experience. You know, I was a good athlete, and when I was younger, my, my parents were divorced, and there were days that my dad picked me up from practice, and some days he would pick me up late, like... 20 minutes, 40, 60, like an hour late. And I'm standing there with the coach and I'm embarrassed and it's in the fall and it's getting dark and cold out. And I, I was just like almost mortified. Like, and this is right before cell phones were really a thing in the late nineties. And I was just like, you know, where is he? And you just never know when he's going to show up. And then he'd show up to pick me up and then he'd give me an excuse. Well, it's not my fault. And, um, you know, I didn't have any control over and I had to work late and all of that stuff. And then, you know, I wanted to be angry that he was late, but then I had to be compassionate because he told me the story. So I, I started not to trust myself and my feelings very well. And I thought like, oh, if I was just better, then he would make me a priority over work and he'd love me more. So I, I thought, yeah, I'll just do better. I'll just accomplish one more thing. I'll just succeed more, succeed harder or whatever. So I went through life just chasing what I call the more monster, like just doing more and achieving more and trying to get to the next level and the next level and the next level just to be, you know, unsatisfied. I mean, or like really short-term satisfaction, happiness, and joy. Like, you know, I accomplished that. Now what's next? And um, yeah, it really set me up for, you know, this overachieving and burning myself out, putting everybody else first and me last. And I actually came across some work that I did some work around this stuff and I could get out from under that. And what I realized that I did was that I collapsed my self-worth with my dad's lack of integrity. And so I, I collapsed it as if it like, like, like was the same thing. But when I did the work around this, I was able to actually uncollapse it and realize that, you know, 
I create my self-worth. I'm, I'm worthy because I'm worthy and I'm a human being. And my dad's lack of integrity around time has nothing to do with my worthiness. And it actually had nothing to do with how much he loves me because my dad really does love me very much. And we have a really great relationship today. And now I get to help young athletes uncollapse these, these experiences and see it for really the, the clarity that that's in these experiences when we uncollapse them, help them to process these experiences and help them to create their worth and create self-confidence without that collapse. And so one of my current clients, she's a 10 year old gymnast and she, so she had an experience and all these experiences aren't necessarily negative. She said, my dad calls me a champion. And if I don't win the championship, he won't think I'm a champion anymore. She didn't say this, but maybe he won't love me or maybe he won't be proud or maybe he'll be disappointed. So even with a supportive, loving parent with integrity around time and all of that stuff, our young brains are processing these experiences in a way that they process these experiences. But then we take that and we carry it with us on our life. And, you know, we, we don't have confidence. We don't have the self-worth because we're collapsing things that don't have anything to do with each other. And through the work that we did, we were able to uncollapse her, you know, self-worth with her dad's support. So it's just crazy that we collapse, like even, you know, good things or bad things, we collapse it with our self-worth and our confidence. So when we uncollapse that, what this client discovered on her own through the coaching was that when I show up and I do my best, my dad is proud of me and he loves me. And then that's the life that now she gets to live. So through my past experience, sorry, I know I'm talking a lot. Through Through my past experience, like now I get to help other people to have a sense of themselves, to be confident and grow up in, you know, all the things that we're up against in life now and just be confident creators and live a life that they love. That's an amazing story. And I can tell how impactful that is for you because just your excitement and enthusiasm to be able to share how you were able to help her to reposition, to understand, uncollapse those two things together so that she now experiences her relationship with her father, um, her idea of herself in a different way that, yes, as you said, is going to be much better for her moving forward. So I thank you for your passion in sharing that. I think that's really interesting, even in the story that you told about um, how you said, okay, if I just do more, if I'm, if I'm better, mm-hmm. the more monster, then my father will love me more because he must not love me since he's picking me up late. And how we create those stories in our head because we naturally want to make sense of things, logically, putting together things that have nothing to do with each other. And so it's very interesting um, how you're able to identify and then help obviously yourself and obviously your clients to separate. Reality is just reality. It's there. It doesn't necessarily mean that there is a correlation. Um, 
my mentor and I were actually just talking about this and I'm going to mess it up, the, the difference between causation mm -hmm. and correlation. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm going to, I'm not even going to attempt to talk about what he talked about, but we often think something causes something and it doesn't. There's mm -hmm. just, a, it, it's correlated. Okay. He was, your father was late and you're still great at what you do. Hey, they yeah. happen at the same time. No cause and effect whatsoever. Uh, so that, that's amazing. Where did you get the education to do this, the knowledge and the wisdom to be able to identify this and then now be able to help people through it? Yeah, so um, I, I think, so first um, in grad school, in my internship, um, right before graduating, I got exposed to pain science. And what I discovered is dealing with pain, pain is an experience. Like it, it's almost more, it's definitely more mental than it actually is physical. And when you realize when, you know, you, when I could help people with their pain, when I made true gains, it was really helping them with their experience or mental experience around their pain. And it, like, the mental and physical, like it needed to be addressed together. And you can do the physical training and therapy all day, but a lot of people still had pain. And I just realized how, how important, you know, that, that mental aspect of what I did was so important. And I'm so grateful that I had that from really early on. And, um, you know, then after chasing the more monster for a decade, and um, I actually was um, engaged for a while to an alcoholic. If you work from home, if you are a remote worker, if you're a business worker and you work from home and you sometimes just wish you could get together with other people who work from home, you just wish you could get out of your house and just be around other people who are working as dedicated and focused as you are, but you get to be in the space of other fellow remote workers, you want to join the Coffee Shop Coworkers Facebook group. We are connecting people all over the country in coffee shops where you can go for free meet other like-minded people, to hang out, to work together, whether it's for two hours, whether it's for four hours, whether it's all day, but you get to connect with people like you who are working from home, who want to be around other people and still get work done and just create a new network. So come check out the Facebook page, join the Facebook page, Coffee Shop Coworkers today so we can start connecting you to fellow future coworkers. addict and so I ended up doing a 12-step program for people not with addictions but that had been affected by people with addictions and that really started to fuel the fire from what I already did with the pain science that kind of fueled the fire and then I also have done some other programs um, another one that was super powerful was um, the landmark forum through landmark worldwide and uh, a few other programs. And then in school, I, I study a lot of neuroscience. And so I got back into studying neuroscience and research around how your brain works. And I, I, I think just through my experience and my studies and all, all the things that I've done, I ended up creating my own pro program for 
the mental performance around sports really tying in the neuroscience around how our brain works so we can really leverage you know how our brain works so we work with it instead of against it yeah thank you for sharing um that bit of personal experience uh i know that takes a lot of courage and so thank you for for sharing that and i think it's i did not know that there was actually programs to for those who'd been impacted um but it completely mm -hmm. makes because there is um, definitely an impact not it, for whoever's in addiction or what have you. Obviously, we know that there's an impact, but yes, it's the person who's the people who are impacted by that also experience trauma in some kind of way. Um, and so, uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that. It, it makes me think about um, I was in a very unhealthy relationship at one point in my life and my girlfriend, it was not physically abusive at all, but my girlfriend, um, a tr she a related it to me being in an abusive relationship just because it was, the word people use now is toxic. Um, but as you're talking about that, I'm thinking there would, he had some challenges just as a person, um, mm -hmm. but the effect was on me. And so it would make sense that there would be support and programs to help individuals who've gone through that, right? We have the domestic violence support, but even just the mental, emotional. So thank you for sharing that because I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one who didn't know that those exist. And I'm sure there are people who are going to be listening who now can say, okay, there is support and there's help that I can get because I may be impacted by that same situation. So thank you again for sharing that. I wanted to um, ask about the neuroscience and the pain science that you studied and then putting that together with sports. My very first question is, is there anybody else in the space that you follow or um, maybe, a, I wanna say an old head, I don't know if that's politically correct, but it's my podcast mm -hmm. so I can say what I want to. Um, but like an older person who's gone before and has done all done something similar that you're able to glean from and learn from um, or is this something new so I know a lot of people either in the physical space or the mental space and I mean I know a few people in in, in both but not exactly what I'm doing specifically um, that I've come across. Um, so yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely people that I look up to from, you know, the different spaces that, you know, I, I look up to, I, you know, use as my role models or, you know, what you, you know, like a coach that I learned from. Mm -hmm. I'm not, do you want some specific examples? Um, if you, I mean, if you have one, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So one in the, mental um, space is um, Joe Dispenza. Um, I, I follow him. I read a lot of his books. He talks a lot about the neuroscience. So I, I really like the nerdy scientific background for that. Um, yeah, he, he's definitely one at the top of my mind. Um, and there there's other, you know, mindset coaches out there in the physical space that I or excuse me, in the mental space that I follow. But I, I think that's where I have a niche um, where I, I have the physical and mental aspect of the coaching and merge that really well and look at the whole ecosystem for the athlete. 
Okay, so I asked this earlier, but I didn't get back to it. Um, with your athletes, does this type of work have to be done in person or can you do it remotely? Yeah, so I do both in-person and remote stuff. Um, so I, I do physical therapy. I do it online and in person, but I'm licensed in California right now. So it's limited to California. I do physical performance training. I do that in person and online. So on, on a Zoom call, I can do all these different tests and measures. I test six different categories for your physical performance, flexibility, strength, stability, stamina, agility, and power. And there's definitely things that, you know, there's lots I can look at through a screen. Um, I, I do some of that online too, excuse me, in person too. And then the mental performance coaching, um, a lot of that I just do online, but a lot of the clients are doing both with me. Like most of the clients are doing both, whether it's in person or online. Okay. That's pretty cool. Because I, I don't know why I was thinking. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm assuming this has to be in person, but you can be international at this point. Yeah, I could be. Yeah, yeah. I guess <laughs> the the time zones um, work out well, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I was just thinking um, when you're talking about um, the people that you you follow in the different spaces. Have you read the book Relentless? I'm familiar with it, yes. Um, I think it's Tim. If I read it, I'm not sure. I can't remember. It's, no, it's all good. Um, I think Tim Grover is the author. Um, and just hearing you talk makes me think about Tim. I only, Dr. Laurel, I have to be honest, I think I got to the first or the second chapter and there's just too much profanity for me to continue. However, oh. he, um, he talks about, he was a coach to like Dwayne Wade. Um, I want to say they're like Kobe Bryant or Michael. I don't remember which. Um, but he also really was that mindset coach. Um, and so just hearing you talk about it just puts puts me in that mindset um, mm -hmm. of, of what he was talking about because he, in the initial book part of the book that I got to read before I was like, mm -hmm. no, no, it's too much. Um, he talked about Dwayne Wade. They had, they were in the middle of like one of the playoff games or finals or something, and he had a really bad game. And so, you know, when you're playing the finals in the NBA or even playoffs, like you've got a game every other day or right every two days yeah. or something like that. Um, and he literally flew across country to go see the coach. And all he needed to do, the coach like asked him like one or two questions. He just needed to shift his mindset just because he had a bad game. Mm -hmm. And he was, you know, he was ready to go back. I'm sure there was more work. But it speaks to what you have learned and spent time and investment in yourself to learn about the science of how the brain works in addition to the physical, right? Because if you're mm -hmm. in the NBA and you're in the playoffs or you're in the finals, your physical condition is fine, right? Um, and, but your mental condition may be off. And he may have had a slight injury or something, but- um, Yeah, and, yeah. and with uh -huh. that said, sometimes it's hard to see what is- what you're dealing with in your mind and your mind game versus what you're dealing with in the actual game in, in reality. And a lot of coaches coach on like visualization and meditation, but there's a pitfall in that. Sometimes you do so much visualization and meditation, you're actually relating 
to that and not actually relating to reality and what's happening in the game. So there's much more about working with the way your brain works to, um, you know, get out of your head and get present in the game and still be relating to the game as it's being played and not just relating to this visualization that, that you did and then relating to, well, this isn't happening, like my visualization, you know, occurred to me, now what do I do? So there is just a pitfall in that, but when we can actually dissect that and dissect the mental versus the physical, get out of our heads in the game and then deal with what physically is happening and, you know, as far as what the game's doing or what your body's doing or what you're feeling, or if there is an injury that needs to be addressed or how we deal with an injured athlete that's still competing. We have to take the mental game out of it to really see what's happening in the reality and then deal with that in the moment. And that's where there's a lot of power. Oh, okay. So I would relate that to business of if someone is struggling to close a sale like how would how would you relate that yeah definitely it's like you know what are you relating to with this sell like what is you know what are you dealing with over here with you like how are you related to that person what do you think of this person like like a lot of people in, um that are entrepreneurs and in your, their own business or in the coaching realm they're thinking this person would never pay for this, right? So that's over there with them, the coach, and it's not really with the client. And sometimes you have to actually figure out what's over there with the client. So, so like, it, it's really about asking the right questions to, and sometimes it's like, okay, I'm having this thought that maybe the client wouldn't spend this much on coaching. But then when you, when you look at that thought, it's like, okay, let's actually check in to what's going on in reality. So is there a question that you can actually ask the client to see what is over there with them and not just over there in your space? So, you know, asking a question like, you know, what's your budget for coaching? Or, you know, what are you looking to pay for? And getting out of that thought and actually getting into the, the actual reality of what's going on. So, yeah, it's like we, we can't just relate to our thoughts and then lose all our clients. But our thoughts are giving us feedback. So we do have to look at them and then dissect them and then uncollapse the reality from our thoughts sometimes, like I was talking about before. Yeah, it, it continues to be a concept that over time, the more you hear something, the more your brain starts to accept it, whether truth or not. But mm -hmm. this is truth that our thoughts are not always accurate, right? Mm -hmm. Because, as we talked about earlier, we'll make up stories. And so, like you said, um, getting out of our thought and actually checking in reality, but also dissecting the thoughts that we're having. And so I think that's so powerful. And I know it takes a lot of work to do and you have to be conscious. Uh, you have to be intentional about it. And then you mm -hmm. have to be of it happening. Do you have any tips that you can give about how people can be more aware um, about one, their thoughts to identifying mm -hmm. what, what isn't reality, dissecting it, using it as feedback. Do you have any tips on how to do that? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to talk about the spectrum a little bit first. So like you, you have this thought that, oh, clients would never pay this much for my service, but that's what I want to charge. And then you're relating to the client as they're not capable of paying. And then you're actually creating your reality around finding a lot of clients that aren't, you know, able to pay you for your service. Then on the other side of the spectrum is like, oh, I'm going to be in the mentality that everyone is going to, I'm going to come across all the clients that can pay for my service and that want it and it's going to be great. And then you get in the moment and you're relating to like this perfect world and then it's not happening for you. So that's what I was talking about, that pitfall of just doing the visualization stuff. But then you're like in reality and it's not happening. And then you're like, now what am I going to do? Have you hit that subscribe button? If not, go ahead and hit that subscribe button for the Coach Up podcast. We are new. I am excited about bringing to you every single week, probably more often, experts in every single field that will help you, one, if you're a coach, learn how to grow and scale your business to six and seven figures. And if you are not a coach, learn how to grow your life in the multitude of areas we're talking about. But the only way that you know what new information is coming out is you have to be subscribed so you get notified when a new episode drops. So go ahead, hit that subscribe button. Also, I'm working to get to a thousand subscribers in the very first 30 days of the podcast being dropped. So I need your help. Share this with somebody, make sure you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it with a family member, share it with a couple of people, ask them to subscribe as well. And we are going to grow this podcast as you grow from these amazing coaches that are pouring into you. Let's get coached up. So there's kind of these two ends of the spectrum and then in kind of in the middle, there's a, a place where you can actually deal with the reality and what's happening. So you have to notice the thought, like what thought is, is there for you before you go into the conversation while you're in the conversation? A starting point is see what's there for you before you go into this conversation. Just see like, like, like what is over there in your thoughts. And then when you pull the thought out, then you need to check in with it in reality. Just like I said, like, oh, this client would never pay for this. That's a thought but it's not really giving you that much accurate information in the moment. So then checking in with that thought in the moment with the other person, like, Hey, what do you have to spend on coaching? What are you looking to spend on coaching? You know, what is your budget for this? Then you actually check in with it in reality. I'll give you like a sports example. Like, you know, you missed the score you know, or, or say, let's go to tennis. So, so you hit the ball into the net, right? And then you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose this match and all of this stuff. Right. And then like, you start hitting all these bad shots instead of saying, Hey, I just hit it in the net. What's the next thing I need to do to win this game? And it's like, okay, I need to not hit it in the net. I need to hit the ball. Like I just need to hit the ball. And so all those thoughts, like you don't need to relate to your game as those thoughts. I'm never going to win this. It's like, what do I need to do to win in the reality of, I just lost that point. Right. Yeah. Cause then you're, you're not thinking about the prior or even the future. It's mm-hmm. right here in the present. Yep. And your, your head's in the game. 
That that is awesome. Um, just as we're talking, the Bible verse uh, from Second Corinthians ten and five just came to my mind of we demolish arguments and every pre pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Um, and so it's just we do have to identify those thoughts and is this for those of us who followed Christ, is this Christ or is this alive from the pit of hell? Right. And so mm -hmm. what what is truth and what is not? Because um our mind wants to protect us, it wants to keep us comfortable. Mm -hmm. Enemy wants to lie to us. And so we we exactly as you said, we have to pull those those thoughts down and say, is this is this exalting against the knowledge of God that I know is not good for me? And so then I cast it out, or is it, it we bring it into obedience into Christ? And so um, our mind really is powerful. It, it truly is. And so the fact that you, again, I go back to you studied neuroscience um, and science and God are hand in hand. God created science. So they're, they're the same thing. Um, I know there are a lot of people who would be like, that's not the case. God created everything. So they're the same thing. But it's we can study like you, you have studied how to be able to have that conversation with somebody who may not be a faith and say, this is how your mind is working and how it's working for you and how it's working against you and how you can start to make it work for you. And to focus mm -hmm. on the present uh, is so important because we're looking at what's right in front of us, not behind or in ahead, which we so often do and trips ourselves up. So that, that's really, really cool. You you mentioned tennis and it made me think, we've talked about basketball, we've talked about tennis. Can you work with a t uh, athlete in any sport? Are there sports that you're more specific or drawn to? Yeah, so I work with a lot of different sports and, you know, I definitely work on the physical performance side of sports and the mental performance, right? And not, I, I have played a lot of sports. I'm very familiar with a lot of them, studied them, played them, trained in them. There's some sports that I don't know that well, but there's also different components to the sport. There's the physical performance, there's the mental performance, and then there's the skill and the strategy. So I don't claim to do the skill and the strategy training for all sports because I'm not that I, I I'm not that good at the skill and strategy portion of sports that I don't know um, the sport very well. So I actually refer to skills coaches for different sports, and I refer out to that. I also refer out for that because I like to work as a team. Like I like to have skills coaches as part of my team and I like to do what I do best, the physical and mental performance. And I don't want to flounder around with skills training when it, it's really not, not my thing. And I love to just have a team of people to help to support athletes in the way they need to be supported. That is one thing that you learn as an athlete, especially if you play on a team sport, right? Like Everybody has a position. You cannot do it on your own. You need the support. And together we really are better. So mm -hmm. yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense that that's how you how you run your business. Um yeah. so I wanna I wanna segue just a little bit um and go a little deeper into your coaching. So like if there were whether it's an athlete or um, a business person, a coach. Um, and they were, they were to come to you and say, you know, Hey, I've got this pain point that in my business that I'm really struggling. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I feel like I've 
made every effort. I'm continuing to fail. I just don't feel like <laughs> I'm going to be able to get over this hurdle. What's one or two techniques that you would be able to maybe share with them that they can start to do um, to start seeing some traction in a positive direction? Yeah, so I, I think from what I do, we need to kind of diagnose the problem. Like, what is the problem? Like, like in sports, you know, like I said, there's physical performance, mental performance, skill and strategy. So a lot of people over overtrain skill and strength, but they don't train mental performance or power or other things. So like when you're not training right, the right thing or addressing the right thing, then it's like shooting in the dark you're spinning your wheels, you're doing way much more than you need to, and you're not making progress, right? So actually diagnosing like what, what the pain point is in the sport or in the business is um, super helpful. And like, so, you know, 80% of the time, it's probably going to be a mindset thing that you have to clean up first. And then once the mindset is out of it, then what do you need to do that 20% to get the gains that you want, may get the clients that you want. And then you have to leverage your team, right? Like, you know, I have coached people in their business before and it's like, I'm not going to give you all the answers, but there's going to be answers out there. And I'm not going to be the only part of your team. You're going to have other teams. So, and once you start to get really present in your life of what, um, what you need in your business, it's going to come. And that again is activating the reticular activating system, sharing and creating through your words and really creating your life and creating your team of people around you to show up and give you support. So really di diagnosing, getting the mental performance out of the way, figuring out where, like where the pain point really is. So you're actually doing what you need to do to address that pain point and you're not addressing another point that's not the pain point that's not relevant yeah are there mm -hmm. is there a mental exercise that you teach um I, I don't even know on the back end what the rest of that question is like I was just thinking is there like a mental technique that I can do that would help me improve my mindset in some shape or fashion yeah so so the first step I think is the champion mindset like we have one life that's all you know, we have this present moment, we have this life, like that's all we're guaranteed. So, you know, what are you going to do with it? And all the stats are against us in sports. The stats are against you in your business. The stats are against you. Sometimes in life stats are against you. And it doesn't make sense to not play full out because the stats are against you. So it's like, if you're only playing partially, like you're never going to win. Like it just doesn't make sense to not go for the championship in life. But no matter what that looks like for you, uh, I'll give an example, like, you know, like a million followers on your Instagram or whatever, like you just got to shoot for the championship. And then inside that commitment to be a champion, however that looks in your life, the, what action are you going to take? So your action is going to be different if you decide you have a champion goal versus if you have a goal to get fourth place just off the podium, right? Like your action is just going to be so different 
when you actually show up and make that championship goal, you're going to start playing harder. You're going to start swinging for the fences more. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. I have one last question before we get to the, before you go quick fire round questions. You shared a story about the young lady, the gymnast, the 10 year old gymnast who you were able to help with her mindset. I'm curious about another success story that you have of an athlete that you've been able to help and something they were able to achieve that made you really proud. Yeah, I have so many of them. Um, I'll share with you about a high school competitive lacrosse player with a knee pain, um, like a patella tendonitis, chronic. Um, been through doctors, rounds of doctors, not really contributing to the rehab that he really needed. And um, he was suffering with his mindset around, I have this knee pain. Am I always going to have it? Is it going to hold me back? So it, it was, um, it, he needed the physical and mental performance. Um, we did rehab his knee and it was challenging. And we had to deal with the mindset around this injury and this doubt. And I had to tell him, you know, you got to leave your doubt at home. Don't bring it here. And we got to do what we need to do to get to your goal. And I, I told him, I'm just going to, I'm going to be here till we meet your goal. Like, but you have to also show up. So um, injury can really have a significant impact on young people's mindset. So I do injury prevention screenings um, to help prevent injury in the first place. And if people are going through injury, like I, I do address the mindset because it's so important to get them back on track and not, not quitting, not being resigned to their problem and not quitting their sport. Yeah. And so he eventually recovered and was mm -hmm. able to do yes. that. And he's back playing and his goal is to um, play in high school. So um, I think he's a junior this year. So um, I think next, you know, recruiting will be a little bit more significant next year mm -hmm. for him. He's a, he is a little bit behind, but um, I have faith that he can, he can catch up with the work that we've done. I bet you, like you said, you have a lot of those. So I'm sure it's very fulfilling and rewarding to be able to see someone overcome where they were um, and now where they are and and see the the changes that they've done, especially from a physical standpoint. Um, and so sounds so cool. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready for the before you go quick fire round questions, Dr. Laurel? I'm ready. Okay. All right. First question. What one tool or app do you absolutely we talked about this beforehand, guys, which is why I'm hesitating. Okay, so you can, you don't, there's not one you can't do without. One that you absolutely must have, or maybe two or three that make your business easier that you would recommend. Yeah, so the one I wanted to talk about is a teleprompter app. When you're doing some videos and stuff, posting stuff online and it's kind of long and, and you don't know all your words and stuff, the teleprompter apps, are really great for helping you in your content creation. I came across that one day because I was trying to memorize like a seven minute video that I wanted to make and I just was fumbling around and um, the teleprompter app is definitely helpful for content creation, especially when you're doing longer content. Wow, so 
okay, now I need to understand how this works. Are you doing the, creating the content and video on a camera on your, on the laptop and then you're using the app on your phone or is the app on the computer? How does that set up work? Yeah, there's so many different ways. There's different apps for it. You can just get um, um, a, a standard one and do it on your phone next to your computer and record on your computer. You can actually record the videos with the teleprompter going on the video on your phone. I mean, there's lots of different options, so you can just set it up. There's a lot of freedom with that. So just look up teleprompter app. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I've not heard that one before. Thank you, okay. Um, tool that you use to collect payments from your clients? Yeah, I usually use Stride through my website. I take Venmo, Cash. Um, there's a lot of ways that you can pay me. <laughs> okay. What has been your most effective method for finding and securing new clients? Yeah, we kind of talked about this earlier, but I just say accessing your network, sharing who you are and the impact that you're out to make because you are out to make an impact and the world needs you and you got to just share, share what you're up to. Cool. What tool do you use to set up your client meetings? I use Calendly and, you know, it's linked to the Google calendar. So I, I use the combination of the two. Enough. Dr. Laurel, what one thing do you attribute the most weight to in scaling your business to six figures? Persistence, just showing up persistently, taking action and not stop taking action until you meet your goal. Last one, one book or podcast you would recommend as a must to consume. Yeah, I love Chris Boss's Never Split the Difference. It's amazing to talk about communication. Hey, I've not heard that one before. Never Split the Difference. Yeah, Chris Voss was like a negotiator for maybe the FBI or something. He, yeah, and he talks about negotiating skills and basically selling, you know, it's really good on, on sales and getting, you know, communicating, getting attention um, from people like your ideal clients. That is much needed because as much as you can make an impact in the world, each person, each one of you all listening, there's something special about you. You have an impact. You're designed by God to make an impact in the world. But if nobody knows about it, and if you need to sell the service to go with it, and nobody, you can't share that with it, it doesn't, it doesn't help anybody. So that's a good one. Thank you for sharing mm -hmm. that. Dr. Laurel, tell people how they can find you and connect with you. Yeah, you can find me on my website. I'll give you the short link. It's bit.ly forward slash capital B capital L athlete in lowercase letters, A-T-H-L-E-T-E. -E. You can also find me on, on Instagram. It's D-R-L-A-U-R-E-L-P-T. You can also find me on YouTube at D-R-L-A-U-R-E-L-P-T. Very cool. And okay, your company is named Bay Laurel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, the Bay Laurel is actually the championship wreath that they put on champions in Roman and Greek games and then um i i was actually named after the mountain laurel which is um a similar laurel plant but different than the bay laurel and i am currently living in the bay areas near san francisco so there's it just worked out perfectly that the bay laurel is my name where where i'm living right now and the championship wreath 
How cool is that? Oh yeah. my goodness. Okay. Any last thought you want to leave with the listeners today? Yeah, what I want to leave you with is, you know, you are out to have an impact in the world and the world needs you in this crazy world that we live in today. And yeah, just go out and be yourself and share yourself because the world really needs you. And you're only going to make an impact through getting out and sharing with the world who you are and what you're up to. It is an amazing way to end it. Thank you for your time today. It's been a pleasure um, to hear, to learn all the stuff that you've learned and how you are able to transfer that to people to help them move from point A to point B, especially in the athletic realm. Like I said, I have a, I have a soft spot for it. And so I thank you for your time today. Yeah, thank you so, so much. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Coach Up Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe and share this episode with somebody that you know needs it. Also, be sure to follow Dr. Laurel on all her platforms, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, IG, and be sure to connect with the Coffee House community via Facebook. Link is in the show notes. I will see you guys on the next episode of the Coach Up Podcast. Thank you.